Today on the Ministry for Breakfast podcast, we are back and revisiting the segment we started last week called Lessons I Learned While Pastoring in a Pandemic. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Let's eat. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Ministry for Breakfast podcast podcast, a weekly podcast for discussions, reviews, and interviews to help pastors and leaders eat ministry for breakfast. My name is Theo. I'm the pastor of First Baptist Church of Detroit in Southfield, Michigan, and the last thing I ate for breakfast, get ready to be envious of me, homemade oatmeal with brown sugar and French pressed coffee. Homemade oatmeal and French. Wow, you are a baller, sir. I tell you. Well, my name is Kenny, and I'm the pastor at the First Baptist Church of Wyandotte in Wyandotte, Michigan. And the last thing I ate for breakfast, I am not nearly as sophisticated as my dear friend Theo here, was a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios uh, and skim milk. You know, I don't don't know if that makes you judge me or makes you think better of me. It makes you a scholar and a gentleman. Oh, thank you. Much appreciated. I mean, just anybody can just do regular Cheerios, but you said, nah. Honey nut. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I dig it. I dig it. Listen, if this is your first time uh, listening to this podcast, welcome and thank you so much. If you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast. Episodes drop every week. And we hope that you enjoy this show. And we would love for you to like it, share it, kind of throw those things out there. And we would really love for your interaction as well. Um, If you missed last week's episode, this is kind of part due, um, or maybe it's two, you know, depending on, yeah, whatever we've got out there. Um, But we're going to kind of continue in this, just kind of lessons learned. And so we each made a list of five. We shared five of those last episode. We're going to kind of jump back in. As all of you know who are listening, we've kind of been in the midst of a world that looks vastly different due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And so really looking at how ministry is different and what have we learned and what are those some of those things that we can really encourage one another with, encourage you with. Uh, and we really want to be able to communicate and kind of share those things. So we've created these lists. This is part two. If you missed last week, feel free to kind of jump in and take a look at that last episode. We're going to have five new ones this week. Let's hit them up, Theo. Sounds good. Number one, the pandemic has taught us that the church has overemphasized freedom from and underemphasized freedom for. Now, I'll be honest. This is as much a point born out of the politics of the moment as much as it is born <laughs> oh man we're going political yeah, yeah like the covet <laughs> of the moment but i think that that it it, it they, they kind of intersect right yep. these kind of um it's the reality of the world yeah, we're living these in. kind of feelings intersect i think that you know the church has constantly been saying you know you're free you're free you're free and it's constantly kind of been freedom from things like freedom from accountability Mm. freedom from uh any number of different things and now there's so much freedom that we we're kind of um experiencing it in a dangerous way what do i do with this freedom yeah and i think part of it is because we said freedom from freedom from freedom from and not 
what that freedom was for. For for what purpose does should our freedom serve in the world for the church and for the community? Freedom for loving our neighbors, freedom for serving those who have less uh ability opportunity access as you know freedom for uh christ freedom for the benefit of the church freedom for the benefit of the world and freedom to be the body universal exactly like like the the notion that we can both be free but also be accountable to each other right okay. like it's, that's they're like what <laughs> no so you know I, I think that if there's anything that we've kind of had to be challenged with like Freedom. I don't have to go. I don't have to come to church regularly. I don't have to watch. I don't have to volunteer. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to be uh, responsible for the creation of this digital presentation every week. I don't have to give. I don't have to serve. I don't have to be involved in. Is that I'm so thankful for those leaders who keep our church running. Yeah. As opposed to, I'm one of those leaders who's supposed to be keeping our church together. I'm one of those leaders who's supposed to be the church in the world, serving in my particular locale or whatever. And so I, you know, I'm, my hope is that as I've learned it, as I've been confronted with it, we would all kind of be confronted with this notion that let, and I'm not saying we ought to then substitute freedom from Right. For freedom for. We ought to be able to have a nuanced conversation about both sides of freedom. That yes, it is freedom from condemnation, freedom, from, yeah, but it's also freedom for service, freedom for connection. Well, and, and we don't want that no strings attached faith. Right. You know, to kind of reference mm -hmm. an old NSYNC album back in the 90s. Uh, not a big boy band guy, mm -hmm. but let's throw it out mm -hmm. there. But we, mm -hmm. we want to, we want to call people to live for Jesus. Sure. You know, and so I yes, you I are. Remember that NSYNC song? Oh, okay. oh, come on now, come on! You know the dance, Theo. <laughs> I know it. I know you do. So no, but I, I think it's one of those where we so focus on the fact that Christ has set us free, sure, and then go. But but now what? Like, where does that lead us as a body? Mm -hmm. And we haven't been called to a passive faith, right? And so, okay, you're right. How do I be the hands and feet? How do I go, okay, what what now? Yeah. Where do I go from here? If mm -hmm. you've set me free from sin, if the blood of Jesus covers over me and I'm good, where do I go from here? And we talked about it a little bit last episode. It's that empowerment. Right. It's going, hey, okay, now what? Mm -hmm. What do I use that freedom for that Jesus has set me free from? Yep. Um, and being able to go, okay, do I keep on sinning? No, I live for him. I right. glorify mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. You know, I am changed from the inside out. Exactly. Most yeah. definitely. Yeah. So number one, the pandemic has taught me that the church has overemphasized freedom from and underemphasized freedom for. Number two, the pandemic has taught us that we needed a wake up call as the body of Christ. Did your church do the same things the same way week after week and year after year? We needed a chance to get outside of our comfort zone and serve in new ways. Well, and this is one of those things, I don't, I don't know about you again, but I think we're all guilty of that sometimes of just getting into routine. Mm -hmm. We do what we do. We do it well. We've got these one or two things. Away we go. And we weren't going to change. You know, you've heard that term. I know I did growing up, you know, and going through ministry, like the sacred cows. Yeah. Hey, you can't touch the children's Christmas play. You can't mm -hmm. touch. This is what we do every Easter. Mm -hmm. This is what we do every Thanksgiving. And I think it's really presented an opportunity to in a way, reevaluate everything we're doing and go, hey, how can we do it different, sure. unique, better? Mm -hmm. And maybe some of those things we go back to doing the way we did before, but 
in a better fashion, sure. in a more you know powerful, potent fashion, um, and and just go okay. Let's sit back and go. Wow, we need to do stuff different. Sure, maybe not reinvent the wheel. Maybe see what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. And hey, does that work in my own scenario or in my neck of the woods? And and really kind of communicate. And I think that's one of the things that led Theo and I to go. Hey, let's kind of bring this dream to fruition. Of sure. so many of us need encouragement and need ideas, and we can't reinvent the wheel week in and week out. And I, I want to see what other leaders and pastors and churches are doing that's working and sure. that's exciting. Yeah. I mean, there's the old saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Yeah. You know, and I think that the danger of systems is that your routines can over time disconnect you from your the underlying mission mm. so that ultimately the mission becomes doing the routine as opposed to the ends that you were trying to reach through those routines yeah and i think that for many of us those routines have long since stopped being effective yes but we allowed the routine to become the end as opposed to like what we were trying to accomplish there was comfort exactly and we love we love comfort (laughs) absolutely you know what i'm saying like i think that you know we are in a season where we're finally deciding that trying something new is worth it yes right yeah even if it fails even like we we are beginning to embrace the notion of the experiment yep right like like that nothing we are doing is working so well that, <laughs> that we, it's not worth trying something that we else. can't do something yeah, a little bit it, better exactly yeah. you know what i'm saying and i think that it's it's been a long time coming you know i think th- there's a whole nother conversation about the church responding well to crisis but being poor at kind of just the downtime, like yep. change in downtime, right? Yeah. So I think that, which is why it's so incumbent on congregational leaders to ensure that they don't miss making the changes during crisis time, because you've got almost no chance of making them <laughs> in the just the downtime, Absolutely. the regular time. So if you're going to do it, go ahead and do it now. People expect you to make changes in this season. People expect some disorientation. Don't waste yeah, you, the moment. You have no choice but to change now. Yeah. And, and just I think one of those concerns is so often when we talk about that comfort, it's, it was the same group of people coming on Wednesday nights or mm-hmm. the same group of people that came to this outreach event or this mm-hmm. thing. And so are we, are we making an impact in the kingdom? Does sure. the community see the love of Jesus Christ in the way we're doing things? And it's an opportunity for us to get creative. Yeah. Um, which sometimes we fear, but usually that's so revitalizing to go, mm-hmm. hey, man, something new and different is often so much sure. more exciting than the way we've always done it. Sure. Well, I think that we tend to operate in a zero-sum mindset. And so what I mean by that is we tend to think, if I start something new, I will lose everything <laughs> that was old. And sometimes that's kind of been born out of experience. Yep. It has been true that people are like, this is my church. I want it this way. If you change it, I'm out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, I think that just strategically, if we can find ways to introduce new ideas and couple them with sort of things that we've always done, it is possible to maintain what you've had 
and introduce new into it. Absolutely. We'll see. I mean, for many of us, it's that's theoretical. <laughs> we, we, we're yet to kind of see that play out right. physically. Yeah. But, I mean, that that's the hope of the church. Right. Right, that you can be the church to people who like it as it is, but also continue to evolve to be a church that can attract people who are not yet there. Yeah, we want the gospel to go to those who are unchurched. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, at least that's what we say. Uh, you know, so listen, number one, number one, the pandemic has taught us that the church has overemphasized freedom from underemphasized freedom for. Number two, the pandemic has taught us that we needed a wake up call as the body of Christ to not necessarily do the same things that we've always done week after week uh, and year after year. It was time to get out of our comfort zone. Number three, third thing that we have learned from pastoring in a pandemic is that the pandemic has taught us that every church needs an outreach philosophy and an outreach plan. Wait, what is outreach? I like the people in my church, exactly. Theo. We, we're, 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 we're tired of doing all this inreach. <laughs> we don't even really want to do outreach. But yes, I mean, that we are, and I think that that, so let me back up and say, I suspect that some of us just have a fundamental disagreement on the purpose of the church. Mm. Um, I believe that the church is meant to be a growing family. Yeah. Or at least constantly pursuing growth. Yeah. A healthy church should be a growing church. Right. I think that there are others who are perfectly fine with the church being a group of people like a, like a clubhouse. And I don't mean that pejoratively. I just mean like, even yeah. in the best sense of the word. Yep. There are people who do not envision the church as being an intentionally growing pursuit, pursuant of growth group. I do, right? So I do. And so, so both part of that as a goal, but also I feel like part of the function of the church is to constantly look outward, right? So even if it is not specifically evangelistically mindset mindset focused even if it's not about proselytizing we're supposed to be like a community good like a neighborhood good um and that's like that's 501c3 (laughs) aside like we're just supposed to be a community benefit yeah um and so i think now i do think that in being a community benefit it invites people to be like what's what's about them i want to know yeah. more about those them. people I mean, are really nice exactly. or they're really weird and i yeah. kind of like it what's their motivation why do they do this and you can say oh i do it because christ is it lives in me and this is why i am the way i am but I, you know i think that it is important for every church to think about what outreach means to them yeah why it means that. before you think about how i'm going to do it Right, you have to think about like what is our philosophy because we all have one, right? We all pastors have a philosophy of preaching. They know what it is when they hear it, and they know what it isn't when (laughs) they hear it. Like that's not preaching, right? (laughs) We we have a philosophy. We have philosophies of stewardship and giving and how we want to do it, right? We've got philosophies, and we need a philosophy of outreach. What does it mean, and what does it mean for us to do it as the church, and for that matter, what does it mean for us to do it? as our, our church. church right like because yep. what it looks like in wyandotte might be different from what it looks like in southfield i've yep. got some local connections that you might that are different from yours right. i have 
you know, different dynamics in our neighborhoods and any number Absolutely. of different things. You might have more, you know, support through just individual relationships. And I might be more dependent on neighborhood groups, like right. neighborhood associations or any number of different things. And so the dynamics might be different. The needs might be different. You might have more, uh, well, one community might need more blank anonymous groups right right and we might need more have more food insufficiency needs and so what outreach looks like might be different what we're called to might be different but that's the plan and right? i and I, and i think the part of the plan is to go hey what needs are there for the community right you know i think so often we go man i've got this great idea but is it meeting a need right you know and mm -hmm. so it's being aware you know one of those challenges i would throw out there to churches my church your church any church is like what would the community know if you just shut your doors next week, right? Like, would there be any difference? Do they know you exist? Is there a relationship mm -hmm. with the families in your neighborhoods, um, with local organizations, kind of all of those things. And mm -hmm. so build that network and carry yourself in a way that glorifies God, mm -hmm. because we do need that. And we sure. want to be meeting needs, not just going, man, this is fun for us. Right, and, right. and look at me, give me a pat on my yeah. back. I was there for, yeah. you know, six hours on yeah. Saturday serving the community, but one person showed up. Right. You know, let's make sure yeah. that we're out there having conversations and, you know, meeting needs that are out there. Yeah. Here's something I want to do for you yeah. as opposed to what do you need? need. Right. Like, like, and that's a huge sort of mindset shift for us because we have for thousands of years literally sort of been convinced we know what the world needs <laughs> like not just jesus but x y and z yeah right and so being willing being humble enough to say what do you need yeah right to, to empower people to speak for themselves as opposed to you know speaking for them right is a significant paradigm shift right your plan should start with the people you say you're called to serve. Yep. Right. And, and now it is a partnership because it's not just what do they need. It's also like, how can you fulfill it? Yes. You know, I'll never forget very recently. Um, we often partner our, our city has its own human services department. Yep. Right. And so, you know, we've often partnered with them to provide, you know, tangible gifts or financial gifts or whatever. And so we had these ideas of what we what people might need. Do they need food? Do they need this? Do they need that? And we went to and we said, well, listen, before we start a program, let's call them up and say, hey, how can we help? And we called and they said, people need money. <laughs> um, people need money for um, light bills and it's starting to get cold. So people turn on their heat and we were like, yeah, we don't really want to help that way. Um, can <laughs> we can't you, afford yeah, that. <laughs> can you find some kind of other way for us to do this? Like, yeah, you know. But but I'm and, but I think that's a real issue. There there's frequently a disconnect between the way the church wants to care in the community and, and the way the, the church needs to be cared for. Absolutely. Um, and so coming up with an outreach philosophy and an outreach plan, I think is helpful. For one, one last thing is that when you start seriously engaging in outreach there will be no shortage of opportunities absolutely and you have finite resources as a congregational leader and so yeah. you have to know what outreach activity doesn't necessarily align with your congregation yep. and so knowing who you are not knowing what you cannot give energy to is just as important as knowing what you what? can. And that's what that philosophy and that plan yep. empowers you to be able to do. Well, and also knowing what's that end game. 
You know, is my end game for people to passionately fall in love with Jesus and live for him or is it to get them through the doors of my church? Sure. You know, and to know even in an outreach focus, though some of those conversations are what's important. Sure. And loving those people as opposed to going, hey, my end goal isn't, man, every single person that we serve walks through the doors of my church. Sure. Sure. To that point, we have had huge events, <laughs> right, that were like set up to set up a sermon series yeah like a huge event on a friday or a saturday and we're like okay come back on sunday and then they didn't and then we said well do we need to do this again yeah right but 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 the answer to that is not a yes or no the answer to that is connected to your outreach plan and philosophy absolutely What's the point to do it and if the point was simply to do it then keep going right if the point was to set up this spiritual thing this church related thing and it didn't happen then perhaps the answer is no right each church has to answer that for themselves absolutely there's no really right or wrong answer and that's where that philosophy comes into exactly play. exactly i won't tell you what our church decided to do <laughs> <laughs> so um you know number three was the pandemic has taught us that every church needs an outreach philosophy and an outreach plan number four the pandemic has taught us that you can't do this alone amen you know so many pastors so many congregational leaders simply do not have the support they need as leaders we must surround ourselves with quality people who love jesus and can help us in ministry yeah i think that's just one of those i, I mean i we're a special breed as pastors sure and I think a lot of times, sometimes, if we're really honest with ourselves, sometimes we like to do things our way. Yeah. Um, and it's really important that we build ourselves a team for ministry, that you're not doing it alone. I don't care how big your church is or how small your church is. That size doesn't matter. But you don't want to be alone and isolated. I think it's even looking at that Jesus model of, you know, he had his inner circle. He had, mm -hmm. you know, his his group of disciples. And so you can, Yeah, you mm -hmm. kind of go through that and go, hey, who am I surrounding myself with? Sure. I mean, especially through this pandemic, ministry looks so different. Yeah. And so do I have people to help with some of the tech stuff? Do I have people that are just praying and encouraging me as an individual mm -hmm. or you as an individual? Uh, are there some people that I can call and go, hey, can you help me take this off my plate? Or can you go exactly. drop this off or go visit there yeah. or do that? And I think we sometimes are our own worst enemy mm -hmm. when we're like, man, but they might not do it exactly how I would do it. Sure. So I've got to do it. Yeah. Um, but we've really got to make sure that we're not out there alone on an island. Yeah. You're not good enough. I'm not strong enough. And I think that's really important for us to realize that, you know, at the end of the day, I don't save people. Sure. Jesus saves people. Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure that I'm surrounding myself with quality people that love Jesus and are gifted in ministry and maybe gifted in ways that I'm not sure. or maybe gifted in ways that I just sometimes need a little bit of that load taken off. Yeah. And don't be afraid to share some of those things. And maybe even for you, it's it's finding somebody outside of your church that you need to just have some of those conversations. And, you know, we as pastors become that person that people dump so much on. Yeah. Sometimes we need someone and we don't always want it to be our spouse. Or we don't always want it to be someone within our own church. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we need a friend. Like I can call Theo and go, hey, Bleh. <laughs> you know, and him to go, I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think that one of the... I don't want danger, right? One of the problems with ministers is that we are constantly looking to give everybody the same job description, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, or, 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 or constantly expecting everybody to have the same level of passion, same level of competency 
for that we have. Yeah, and training. Right, and so which is ridiculous, right? But like, or so kind of we use that the, the example of Jesus in the rings, right? We want everybody to have to be able to serve in the center ring, right? Even if they don't, we want everybody to have that right. ability. Yesterday, I just I had to be in two places at the same time, and I asked somebody on the periphery. I have a package. I won't be free until after the Amazon hub place <laughs> is closed. Can you pick up this package and drop it off at the church? Yeah. Right? Like it takes, you don't have to pray for a anything. A small task. Yeah. You don't have to pray for anything. You don't have to lay hands on anything. You don't have to have, you don't have any, have any sort of scriptural competencies or anything like that. I just need you to go from where you are to Plymouth, Michigan, pick this up and drop it off in Southfield, Michigan. And he was like, okay. Yeah, like, yeah. I was so scared. Like, I was so scared to ask because you are, you're, you're often told no so much. You're just like, it's either, if I'm not going to do it, it's not going to get, if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. Yeah. You know, and I think we need to do a better job of, of making ministry tasks smaller mm-hmm. so that they are much more easy for people to enter into the work with you. Well, and allow people to be a part of the body of Christ. Yeah. You know, that phone call allowed him to go, hey, I did this for my church. Yeah. I helped and I was a part of something. And I think it's even, you know, giving kudos to those who are cleaning the church and those who are doing these little mm-hmm. small things that maybe aren't up in front, you know, giving props to those in the sound booth, props sure. to those who are picking up the phone and calling other people. Yeah. And allowing some of those things to delegate. I know that's a dangerous word, but it's a necessary word. Right. To go, okay, where am I taking you? Sure. Well, I think I think we're talking about sort of for lack of a better term, top down yep. and across. So the cross, yeah. um, you know, cause I mean, as, as, as congregational leaders, we're talking about other people joining us in the work within our church, yeah. but then we're also talking about other people joining us in the work beyond our church. Yes. So we're trying to encourage pastors to have more relationships with other pastors. Yes. Right. Beyond just, and I won't necessarily speak into your experience, but like our experience in, in African-American Churches and pastors can be very superficial and can be almost always centered around one-upsmanship and what you got going on, Doc, and things are going I'm on. doing this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As opposed to, like, let, let's share some ideas. Yeah. Let's, let's, like, let's debate this. You know, a friend of mine, I went reached out to him and I was like, I got this idea for a sermon series and I'm going to do it two months from now. And he was like... Huh, I'm doing it next month. Like the same topic, like the exact same topic. Because but we were kind of on the same. But but we spend so much time together. That it's yeah. not surprising that we kind of both see the landscape of. And I and for a moment I said I don't know if I should do it now. He's doing this and he's gonna do it before me. But his people are different from my people. Right. Like they're not my people aren't watching his live stream. <laughs> yeah. You know? So the fact that he did it last month has absolutely no bearing on the fact that I'm doing it this month. You right. know what I'm saying? But it it all it, it actually kind of actually affirms like our communities are very similar. We're seeing the same we're assessing right. the same need. You sense the same need yeah. there. So that it's almost like we're more a part of the body of Christ sort of universally. Like this is great. What if it, what if everybody in our denominational region said we're gonna do the exact same sermon series. Right. For the same for this month, yeah. Like we're all, we, obviously, if you want to choose different scriptures, choose different scriptures, choose different takes. Yeah. But let's all kind of take this journey together. How cool would that be? You know, outside of Christmas and Easter, right? Like outside of because <laughs> that, that's mostly for Baptists. That's like when we sort of follow the liturgical <laughs> calendar. That's pretty much it. 
you know but for us to be able to say like i need your wisdom on how to reach men like help yeah. me reach more men in my neighborhood what are you do? help me develop a cdc for my church or yeah. develop corporate partnerships so that i don't have to buy everything yep. there are companies who just want to give stuff away how did you get your defibrillator without purchasing it how <laughs> did you get cpr training without having to buy it like yes those partnerships help us just do ministry more efficiently and i think that we will all be better both top down and across if we expanded the team of people who are helping us do yes yeah. and we weren't meant to do ministry alone right exactly yeah. i agree i agree Number five, last one, number five, the pandemic has taught us that every church needs to diversify the topics it covers on Sunday. Um, what are you talking yeah, about? I'll never, like <laughs> literally, I can't even remember what the topic was, but I, we were talking on Facebook and I think my dad commented in the, in the comment section, that would be a good topic for a Sunday sermon series. And I, you know, I, I tend not to comment when my dad comments on my stuff. <laughs> but then this other younger minister said he thought it would be a better topic because it was so heavy that it would be a better topic for the week. Okay. Right. Like a small group Bible yeah. study. And I, in my, in my mind, I said, that's a, that's like avoidance. Yeah. Right. It's okay. It, it's intention. You're intentionally trying to pull it out of perhaps the most consequential place that it can be. Okay. Right. Most of our people listen on Sunday. At yep. the end of the day, no matter how many people are tuned into our Bible studies or part of our small groups, at the end of the day, our Sunday experiences are still, for most of us, the place to reach the most people. It's your biggest platform. And I think that we need to do a better job of dealing with topics that our communities are dealing with mm. on Sunday. Are they, are, they, are they different as it relates to sort of preaching content, right? Like we, we, we have, most of us have a preaching formula, which is this bad thing happened. This bad thing happened in scripture. I'm going to speak into this. This is how we, this is how they fixed it in scripture. And this is how you can fix it in, 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 in life. Right. And we need to have it in order to maintain relevancy. We're going to have to speak to issues that people are dealing with. If we believe that this is a living word and that it has sort of nourishment for us, then we have to feed people with it. Yeah. Right? And not just, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and not just if God be for you, who can be against you, but also like what does the scriptures have to say about mental health? Yeah. Right? Yep. Like, what does the scripture say about real depression not just yeah. don't feel sad yeah let's talk about elijah here a little bit yeah. let's kind of go into some of these other things exactly. absolutely like there there it how do we talk about with nuance politics and policy right because for me like this is not politics well policy we're talking about policy <laughs> like laws and how things are structured and how we move and navigate through the world how can we talk with nuance between the rural church and the suburban church and the urban church, how, right. how, how can we talk with nuance about the issues that are facing us both universally and uniquely? You know, 
And I, and I think that's one of those two, even looking at that, when you talk about, hey, topics and what we're dealing with on a Sunday, like I, I understand that some of us preach topically, that some of us preach through a different book. Mm-hmm. You know, we're kind of going through different things, but what we're speaking about really needs to be relevant. Yeah. Uh, it needs to be relevant for, especially now in this time where you've got, you know, Joe Smith down the street who is watching your live stream. Like, I want to be able to speak truth and bring the word of God alive to mm-hmm. them by something that's pertinent mm-hmm. as opposed to him going, oh man, I, I feel like I've heard this a hundred times yeah, when I've gone to church. Yeah. Well, and I, it, our job has been made more difficult by technology, right? Because it's not <laughs> parochial. Like, we can't, there, there's only so parochially we can preach and teach, right? Because now you're in Wyandotte, but you've got people everywhere in ohio watching and nevada watching and so like we're like biden won michigan but they're not in michigan they're still counting in their state you know what i'm saying like the politics are different the the experience of covid is different different. even within our state with that like i think both you and i are in you know the metro detroit area so even speaking with other pastors in our denomination Mm -hmm. to go hey some of our rural pastors or some of our northern pastors have experienced in a very different fashion than we have yeah you know and some and i think that's even within our church like i don't know about you theo but in my church i've got some people like man this thing is legit Mm-hmm. I've got to be incredibly serious. And then I've got some people that are going, well, wait a minute. I think these masks are crazy. I'm not even going to come to church if you're requiring sure. masks. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of sitting back and going, hey, can I can I bring God's word to light mm-hmm. in a way that is tangible to sure. all of these people? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that we all should have heard something about the ele- this election season beyond just who you should vote for right and i think and i and, and also what i mean by that is there's a way that we're we've gotten around it but it's like vote for these values and we all know <laughs> what that means right, right regard so like even beyond that like there 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 ought to be a fresh take on everything that's happening right COVID, right? Like, and what it's meant for us. So, you know, I'm not like tooting horns or anything like that, but like at the beginning of the year, our goal, our vision for this this year was this fruitful, right? Mm -hmm. Like be fruitful and multiply. This was the year that we ought to, we sow seeds, water seeds, all that kind of stuff. Like this was a year to create sort of tangible fruit from our efforts that we kind of just like eh, i don't know <laughs> yeah we'll just try no we're gonna let me see in, it yeah we're gonna intentionally try to bring things into fruition and you know the pandemic came three months into fruitful <laughs> our fruitful campaign and all this kind of stuff we were all kind of like eh. so you know I, I i um um so i had a sermon series called fruitful in an unfavorable season okay um because i felt like there was this sense both covertly and overtly that maybe you shouldn't talk about being fruitful right now like maybe let's cancel the campaign we were trying to raise money let's just just shelve that and i said no one no i think that god calls us challenges us to be fruitful not just in the times that we think are set up to be fruitful but even in famine even in in dark captivity exactly god still expects us to produce yeah um and so I felt like that was a way to talk about COVID without just talking about COVID, right? right? Because these are these, there, there are COVID-like experiences 
from 2020, from 2019. Yeah. We've all sort of had COVID. From the like, New Testament, from the Old exactly. Testament. Yeah. Right. And so I think let's not be afraid. You know, when we talk about we need to be relevant, right? When you say that, there are like, oh, there's a whole group of people like, no, we shouldn't be. <laughs> no, no, no. But we ought, we ought to speak to the issues, not only in scripture, but that are lying in front of us. We, right. Carl Barth, right, said re- you read with the Bible in one hand, the newspaper in the other, right? And so, you know, we, we ought to. Um, be mindful of the questions yeah practically and theologically that people walk into our sanctuaries with and we ought to try to answer those questions in right. creative imaginative ways well and always be willing to give that reason for our hope and joy mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so i think it comes back down to relevance doesn't mean you're changing the word of god we should never be doing that as pastors we've got to rightly handle it mm-hmm. but also bringing it alive and going hey this is living and breathing and god spoken mm-hmm. and i want you to know that yeah absolutely i agree so those are our lists uh last week this week what is on yours would love to see you just kind of riddle the comments down there you know whether you're following on our facebook page our ministry for best breakfast podcast facebook group uh we would love to kind of keep that chat going would love for you to kind of share this if you've got a friend uh whether it's a lay leader in your church another friend who's a pastor you go hey maybe just kind of listening this will kind of get your mind going and thinking and be good for you we'd love you to join that group share that find today's post be a part of the discussion we cannot wait to connect with you uh i'm kenny and i eat ministry for breakfast i'm theo and i eat ministry for breakfast until next time stay stay hungry, hungry my friends